0: than 25 days until the, ho- the opener of baseball.
1: It's the opener of baseball, huh? The, opener. Razor, the razor starting. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you know what Something Wild? Yeah. So this morning, as I was contemplating how great baseball was, I turned on my ESPN plus thing and uh, I watched the 30 for 34 days in October. You ever seen that? No, I haven't. You should. You'd love it. It's uh, It's the the comeback victory in the ALCS against the Yankees, Boston against New York. Oh, oh bro. It's so good. I was like, man, this is like – It's the Kurt Schilling bloody sock game. It's the freaking um, Johnny Damon grand slam. Like, oh, man, it was it was crazy. Dave Roberts still of second base. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. It was wild. I mean, like, it was kind of crazy because I'm not a huge Dave Roberts fan. But in that moment, I was rooting for him because – Cause there's the evil empire, but it was crazy. Yeah. It was, go check it out. ESPN 30 for 30, There's a little bit
0: inside insider information. So I'm not going to reference exactly what happened. So if you didn't know, you don't know. Do you remember JD Martinez had to catch himself in the outfield in a very um, unsavory way last year? Ah, uh, yes. There was a, there was a comment by, I think it was Jared Carabas or, or section 10 posted it, but they said, who has the best second base still in, in Red Sox history. And they posted the two of them. I also was watching the other day. Um, I'm dead. Who's the actor? Uh, ben Affleck was doing a thing. It was um, start bench trade or sit or mm. start bench
1: start bench cut.
0: Cut, yeah. And one of the ones was Dave Roberts still of second base. Um, something that happened with the Patriots in a football game. I can't remember that. And then... One other thing in Boston sports history, and at first he was like, "Oh, start start the second, you know, steal on second base." And then he switched to the Patriots. I think it was something like Edelman kind of making a. Oh, it was probably the circus
1: catch against the Falcons. Probably. Yeah, that was the
0: one. Um, but I I disagree with him switching to that. I think Dave Roberts still of second base is probably. The option, Did you there.
1: see that catch though. I don't know. That was the 28 to 3 comeback against the Falcons. I don't know, yeah. That.
0: But but the hard part is, is I've got a bias implicitly Bro, there.
1: All I have to say is F New England, F New England sports teams. Y'all are Tom Brady might be going brats. to the Titans.
0: No you one, knew one knew that? The there's a lot of thought right. on that. No one, there's does. also a mystery team.
1: There's always a mystery team.
0: <sighs> the mystery team is, is Bell and Check just sending fake emails. So dumb, it but
1: is. guys, we're blessed because uh. Kip over here came up with a new segment for y'all.
0: Yeah, we wanted to um we found that we're finding this middle ground where we're not quite doing stats, but we're also not quite doing like up to date information. We want to separate the two out a little bit. So right at the beginning, we're gonna do what's called the starting rotation, reference to starting pitchers, just a few quick items that happen in the week that we really don't want to statistically analyze because there's not much there. Maybe we could later, but just to keep up to date on baseball and then get right into the, the nitty gritty of the show. So sure. Here we go. This is the starting rotation. All right. Quick few things this week. Um, First and foremost, Willie Calhoun has been admitted to a local hospital after being hit in the mouth by 95 mile per hour fastball. Uh, The Texas Rangers manager stays in the hospital with him at the current time. You know, our prayers and hopes for him. It's it's a pretty bad situation. Yeah, no, they
1: they updated it today. He broke his jaw
0: completely broke the jaw it's really unfortunate angels have fired their clubhouse manager who the visiting club clubhouse was providing pine tar to the opposing pitchers which is an illegal substance uh kind of a little bit of debate here because when they are throwing at 95 miles per hour pine tar does give more control and location so less batters get hit by the pitch but it is an illegal substance so quick parting ways there and last but not least, Aaron Judge has been discovered to have a broken rib from a diving catch last season trying to rob Albert Pujols of a single. Uh, kind of a funny situation because I don't know if hitting the cutoff very quick was very necessary given it was Albert Pujols, but that is today's starting rotation.
1: All right, into the show. What do we got if today, Steve? Well, if I could, I wanted to add one thing to the starting rotation. Uh, But now it just completely blanks my mind what it was. While you were talking, I'm like, yo, that would fit perfect in this new segment. And now I got nothing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Son of a bitch. (laughs) So over the next, this week and next week, we may do a little bit of, um, we're going to do some close-ups. We're going to take a really close view at particular divisions. Uh, There's two divisions we particularly talk about a lot. So we're going to step outside of that a little bit today. And make sure that we get a good insight into What's going on in a couple of really interesting divisions that have some key components that are very paratious this year. There's a lot of competition there. And and to make sure that we really get a good idea. We don't want to do predictions just yet of who's going to take all. Uh, we're getting to that soon. But Stephen, you've gone ahead and put together uh, a bit of a look at the AL Central. What, is, what does Stephen G. Smith have to say about it?
1: Well, I mean in all reality, we when we talked about doing this this episode in particular, like you said, we we talk about a couple of divisions just because it's easy cuz we know it. Um, but they are also the big
0: league divisions to say. No, I mean, sure. most of the big markets fall in the AL East and the NL
1: West. Um, yeah, you're you're not wrong. I just feel like that there's we can show some love to to some of these uh these other other divisions and other teams because they got some pretty good players too. Um, and and so, if you're a
0: fan of a team in these divisions, and we've kind of been ignoring your team, you know,
1: here's here's your kind of moment to shine. Yeah, we we give you a little bit. We'll th- we'll throw you a bone every once in a while. Uh, starting with Royals fans, because wow. Um, so <laughs> me and me and Kip over here, we actually took a, a two year hiatus from baseball um, right around the same time, and in that time, the Kansas City Royals won a World Series. I was unaware Um, because when you talk about like, all right, let's talk about the last five years, who's the baseball powerhouses, correct me if I'm wrong, the Kansas City Royals don't really come up in that category.
0: You would almost think of the Giants before you think of them, even though the Giants have kind of had a bit of a, you know, a step back themselves, but the Giants were the opponent they really had to face through a lot of that.
1: No, for sure. Yeah, they had like,
0: it's like the Dodgers and, and the Red Sox last Houston in the last few years, right? Gross. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but no, you're not wrong. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't know this. Uh, there was like, there was a time, 2014, 2015, that they were really starting to push, like, oh, there might be a Royals dynasty coming to coming to bat. Um, and unfortunately, that all just fell apart. And here we are, 2020, and the Royals are not looking too good. I'm not going to lie to you. But they just got a new manager, Mike Matheny, which if you guys. NL Central fans out there was longtime Cardinals head coach or not head coach, general manager. It's mixing sports right there for a second. That's my bad guys. Um, and was, was really good. Honestly, he was, uh, <clears throat> he came over, you know, he took, took the Cardinals to the, to the playoffs four years in a row. His first four years there kind of took a little step back and Mike Schilt's doing a great job with the Cardinals. I'm not going to lie to you, but, um, uh, they needed someone new after Ned Yost retired and Ned Yost, the winningest, uh, head coach or skipper in Royals history had a four eighty six winning percentage. It's it's a little rough. So, you know, I, I believe they brought in Mike Matheny to kind of level the waters, you know what I'm saying? And as far as I could see, I know I was reading some um, Royals fan pages and stuff today. And for the most part, they seem to really, really like him. So, I mean, I I hope it goes well for him in all reality. (laughs) It's hard to think that between 2003 and 2013,
0: before they even made their two World Series runs, they had literally one winning season. You know, one. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different teams that do better and worse, but but to just suddenly blow up for two years out of nowhere and then disappear, you know what I mean? There there's a lot of teams that are consistently decent or good year to year, you know, yeah. but like. Um, you know, you think of like, like, uh, like the Tigers and the Orioles have just been crap for oh, yeah. a couple of years, you know, we're going to get and,
1: into the Tigers just to wait. And, and
0: the Yankees do well, but like the Royals went from garbage to two back-to-back world series appearances to nothing
1: to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was crazy. I mean, it's, it was kip knows and and it's going to be out there eventually i took a, a little bit of time this week and wrote about chris davis and their his the rise and then precipitous fall uh are pretty pretty mirrored here um one thing i really wanted to touch on which is crazy to me and i think where the royals can improve most last year jorge soler whit merrifield and hunter dozier created uh like it's an estimated but essentially 324 runs um that means that makes them one of eight teams with at least three players to create 95 runs or more which is crazy right eight teams only only eight teams have three players that had that and yet they have the worst like literally one of the worst offenses in the al isn't that crazy like it's it's so weird to me that you can have these three guys right like jorge soler Led the AL in home runs last year. He, he hit 48 home runs yet, last year, right? 118 runs created as the most by role since 2001. He's played in the league for about five seasons now. He has 38 total before last year. <laughs> so I'm not sure what kind of juiced ball he was using, but all of a sudden his home runs took off the chart. So I, I see it, quite a bit of regression in there. Merrifield led the AL in hits. Dozier had a breakout season, 279, 348, and 522. And was last in the American League in run scored. Isn't that crazy? Or do you think that's like, is that something that's sustainable? Do you think that if those guys continue to produce that they'll still be last? Okay, I don't want to beat the dead horse here, but do you think
0: um do you think that the Royals need to be um, kind of like the next Oakland days? You know, like um like do they need to take away the idea of you know, we've currently got three all-star players, but the rest of our team just is nothing, right? And so their budget's all tied up there. Like, look at the A's. It it was 2001 they made that run, right? 2000 they had a great player at first base. Who who was the player they had there? Um, Pina? uh,
1: Yeah. was it Damon on that team too?
0: Damon, what's Damon's last name? No, 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 Damon's first name, sorry. Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon, right, right um they traded i'm just gonna struggle to remember who they did and, and we were kind of young at the time but they traded him off to boston and everyone's like well or he left in free agency but it was like this team's gonna be crap this year and they said okay how do we remake his offensive production with multiple players for very little money and they ended up going on the longest winning streak in history because of this i think the kansas city royals are a very small market team with not a lot of financial resource and they're trying to buy a couple Big players
1: when they really need to restructure the system here, that might be the most underrated thing or un- understated thing you've ever said. When you said Kansas City is a small market team, the <laughs> smallest of small. Um, and I, I don't mean you
0: appreciated to- my take on them needing to change style, but if it's just the under the, you know small market, that's fine.
1: No, no, for sure. No, I understand what you're saying too. Right? Like, obviously. The Razor example, we talk about them all the time. They're a perfect example of what you need to do as a small market team. If you don't have the cash to compete with bigger markets, you need to take every advantage you can. Go freaking balls deep in analytics first off. Figure it out. Get good scouts. Build a good farm system. And then spread out your stuff. And I and I, and I agree with you. They were in WOBA last year, which is essentially like quality of contact. Um. First base last shortstop last center field last catcher. They ranked 13th. Like there was just so much missing from that team that I just don't see them doing that. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. They did say, they did sign Michael Franco from the Phillies and he was fine, but it was just kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was good, but it wasn't great. So he's like a slight upgrade, not huge. Honestly. Oh, sorry. Go
0: no i'm just thinking about this i'm just trying to think of where they grab players at decent production for low dollar to build out what they need right because their farm isn't a phenomenal it's number nine i mean it's yeah it's it's top 10 to be number nine but but what is it to be number nine you know it's hard to measure the difference between positions jumps like sure are the top three like you know 500 better like, yeah yeah, gotcha. yeah. um something we knew, you know what you and I are going to do is I think we need to write something because if we were to do this in this episode we'd be here all night sure. but just what players could they afford and could they grab that could give them the offensive production without you know giving up too much in the defense that could actually build this team you know is it trading for a few prospects you know is it bringing in like a like a Bobby Dalbick and a Joe Adele and a few of these players who may not be proven but you can get them for you know very little money at the current moment? and they could do a lot more production than some of the players in those current positions. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, no, I I, I get what you're saying. I mean, in all reality, they have four of the top um, 100 prospects in the Major League Baseball right now. Um, a lo- bunch of infielders, or really one infielder. He's actually Bobby Witt Jr. He's a monster, but he just came out of high school. Um, he's currently sitting in rookie ball. Um, and then three pitchers coming up, 66, 85, and 95. So they have a decent farm system, but they're all in rookie single A or double A. So they're still like a couple years out in all reality. I don't know what the best option for them is. If, if Merrifield takes over full time in center second base opens up for a guy named Nicky Lopez. I would be surprised if you know him because he had the worst OPS in the major leagues for someone that had at least 400 plate appearances. So I just, uh, you know, I just feel like for these guys to improve, they either need to move on from their GM right do something different and maybe i'm crazy maybe maybe they just hired their GM i don't i don't think so but i just feel like they need to change right because you can't have a completely rebuilt team win go to two world series and then suck again there's there's a level of consistency consistency that needs to be
0: met at the major league level and these guys last year they won 59 games only which means The percentage of wins was 0.364. Essentially, they only won thirty six percent of the games they stepped on the field for, which isn't it's probably what the third
1: worst record last year? Uh, Fourth worst. Pretty close. Probably Marlins, Detroit, Orioles, Kansas City? Royals. Yeah. 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 So
0: here's the other question. Do they care to win more games in reality? Now I'm not talking about the manager. I'm not talking about the players on the field. I'm talking, do you think it's possible? There are teams in cities who we call them small market teams because they don't have a lot of like jersey sales and viewership, but they're in high population areas. So they get good ticket sales and they may just be there
1: for television rights and ticket sales. I don't know if you've seen Detroit and Kansas City games. They're not exactly packed houses. Um, A lot more packed in Miami. You're not (laughs) wrong. Hey, those the camp days when they fill it with six year olds. That place is popping. No, I don't I mean Well we I guess there's something to be said about the the kind of the economics of baseball and it's a pretty pretty big sticking point between players and owners. Every single baseball team, professional baseball team, is worth like at least a billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like these are huge enterprises that bring in tons and tons and tons of money. Kip's gonna fact check me on that. I'm I'm pretty sure most of them are worth like a billion dollars. At least a couple hundred million, at least. The average is one point seven eight. Billion? Yeah. Okay, blessed. All right, cool. I was about to say like, oh no, I said something so wrong. No, yeah. So so all these guys have money to move it. Now, that's what we see with their net worth. We don't know what their revenue or their costs are. We don't know what all those are. We, we don't have access to those. But at some point, you got to like show up. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I mean, their value increases. So hear me out. From 2009 to 2019, The value of the Kansas City Royals, as an organization, went from $372 million to $1 billion. By holding the team, ownership tripled their net worth, per se, quote unquote, right? Yeah, for sure. Net worth is just the value of assets. I hate when a lot of people say, the owners are being so stingy. They're holding back a lot of money. I get that. You can spend in the millions when you're talking in the billions. But at the same time, Jeff Bezos could lose his entire wealth if Amazon shut down, right? The money is theoretical. Yeah. It's it's all held up in what's an asset. Like, like I have a net worth. I do. It's not very high, but it exists, you know? Yeah. It's probably not even over a hundred thousand dollars. But I own a house. So I have theoretical money that if I turn my house over and everything went to shit and I got rid of all of my, you know, assets, I would have cash to walk away with. Sure. That being said though, they've tripled their net worth with the third least valuable team. And probably the third best performing team or third worst performing performing team, team. right? So do they care to really spend big money to win or are they in it to make money? Because there's 30 teams and 15 teams need to play 15 other teams at most any given time, right? Yeah.
1: Honestly, man, I'm not sure. I I think like in all reality, it really just comes down to what product are you putting on the field? And I don't. I don't even want this to turn into like, a, oh, the Royals freaking suck. Like we hate those guys. Like we don't. It just feels like there hasn't been improvement in, in, since 2015. It's been six years, and before there, that, there's it was a since reason I raised the question. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I feel you. I mean, and, and it goes back to and honestly a pretty good transition is you look at the Tigers too. Like when when I chose the AL Central to cover in this episode, I started looking at it and I was like, oh, geez, this is a. Uh, this is kind of rough because the tigers they're going to struggle this year they're going to be freaking terrible i'm not going to lie to you like so bad you
0: know what's funny is detroit so when i say that they were worth like 379 million i mean with with inflation what they'd be worth now today from that dollar then right in 2019 dollars. tigers are like where are we looking um I had the number just a second ago in my mind, 440 million to 1.3 billion, right? Like all of these teams are literally growing in value daily. And part of that is if if this is getting a little outside of, this is where we're really stats, but maybe t- tipping away from baseball. Anytime a new ownership group buys a team, the value goes up because it's worth, you know, if I buy a team and I put in a million dollars for 10% of it, then they consider, you know that times times 10 to be the total value. Mm-hmm. So every time they keep upping it to buy a new team, like the Mets are about to become worth more when it gets sold.
1: Yeah.
0: Quote, unquote. Are they but either sold? way, hmm? are they if sold? if and when. I mean, oh. they they had a bid for ownership this year, right? And it didn't go through. Anyways, move, moving forward though, I I just, I am curious why they haven't fired or tried moving over to GM because you have big market teams like, like the Red Sox who literally just fired... <laughs> Their GM At the, there were, their were
1: and their head coach <coughs>
0: but that's that's a separate issue that's not a money issue <laughs> is it there though? were 3.2 is billion 3.2 billion there were three times the amount right yeah um but like they're trying to get under the they're trying to get under the uh oh gosh what do you call this it's they don't have a like a like a salary cap in the league but you know the luxury tax threshold and there's, there's a lot that goes into that. There's a good reason for them to do that. But What I'm saying is is there are teams who really turn over their management quite a bit and they look like they're trying to win. And there are teams who like the Marlins and maybe I would say the Reds that don't really look like they're trying. The, the Reds? The Reds do this year. The Reds okay, do this year. Like, Wait, we just had a do this glowing
1: year. episode like a week ago on the Reds. What are you talking about?
0: And I actually have... A lot of confidence in the Reds, and we'll get into that next week if we talk about if I if we end up talking about the NL Central I have more confidence in the Reds than I think you realize
1: No for sure hey, just a heads up the uh general manager of the Kansas City Royals has been the uh since 2006
0: so do you think they keep him there because he made two World Series runs like
1: like kind Dude, of- I don't know honestly. He wrote a book about it. He's like, he, he probably peaked in 2014. He's like, hell yeah, I did my job. But yeah, he <laughs> hasn't been able to do it since. Who knows, man? I just. So we're talking about the Tigers
0: now as well. True. Um, I, I see a note here all about the future. was kind of your your way yeah. of thinking about the Tigers.
1: For sure. I That's more in a sense of they have nothing to to look forward to this season. To put it succinctly. Like, they just don't have enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went and I was looking at it. They have some, some solid, solid, solid guys coming up. Casey Mize. I don't know if you got – You got to see probably a little bit of him in spring training. Dude was yeah. wild. And I I love – casey my so he's going to be good but again their offense is so bad they had okay these guys actually had the worst offense in the majors uh, yeah
0: they won 47 games last year so they had a 292 winning percentage they didn't yeah. even win 30 percent of their games
1: yeah do you know who they're their starting who their best pitcher is could you name him stop top of your head
0: Oh, I do know him, and the reason being is he has. we have one good pitcher, and I started him a lot. Schumann? Not Schumann. Schumann? No. It's
1: Boyd. Not Boyd? Boyd? Matthew Boyd? Yes, dude. Dude's nasty. Boyd. Yeah.
0: Didn't they have Zimmerman last year?
1: Not hey, They did have no. Zimmerman last year. You're not wrong, but... he's Zimmerman I mean, still there? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Do some research. Um, this is what I do know. Um, that... Not only did someone named Nico Goodrum, who actually, I really like Nico Goodrum, he's a good utility player, came out and said this week on the uh, CCC Batheos podcast that they had, when he first showed up, it was a toxic clubhouse. No one no one wanted to make rookies feel like accepted or welcomed, and they said it was terrible. Um, they, this is, this is the stat that I love, and just to kind of go back to our statistical roots. Detroit last year had... 77, it's called Weighted Runs Created Plus. Essentially, this is just like a a park-adjusted offensive number where they got it balanced so that 100 is league average. Okay, Detroit 77 was the worst in 2019. It was the second worst of the entire decade. I think only the 2013 Morelands were worse. So when you talk about that and then your biggest – your biggest pickup was Jonathan Scope and uh, CJ Oh, Both of those had 100 uh, runs created plus and 101. So essentially both of them were league average. So you added two players, average players to your thing, and you're like, yep, this is going to be great. We're going to have a great season. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: If you're in Detroit, you just got to be so pissed.
1: You got the Pistons, you got the Lions, and you got the Tigers? Bro, holy shit. I could not. I thought Arizona sports fans were sad sacks. I cannot even imagine being a Detroit sports fan. (laughs) If we have any Detroit sports fan listeners, please send me coping methods because I'm a Suns fan and I need it.
0: Well, and you know what? If if there's anyone to help a Suns fan as well, it might be Cincinnati fans. I mean, you're like looking at like the Bengals and then the Reds for years. Like there are teams who just don't have a team. Like I'm trying to think of of like what what's Detroit? I, is it the Flyers? Is that their uh, Red Wings? No, that's Philadelphia Red Wings? Red Wings. They're decent, aren't they?
1: I don't follow hockey. <laughs> I don't know. Either. I know the I know the Coyotes are on the edge of a playoff push. That's all I know. Oh. Uh. It would be yeah. atrocious to be a Detroit fan. I mean, okay, go back to it. Tigers first baseman hit 248 last year. Second baseman hit 228, right? <laughs> eh, it's okay. So, Crone and Scope, they're still upgrades. I don't want to put this in there. Still, and they're not even bad baseball players. Still upgrades, still good, but they're both on one year deals. So, I guess if they overperform, you can trade them and try to get some prospects back, but that doesn't really help you're trying to win more games. Um, Another wild stat. Uh, The Tigers scored 109 fewer runs than the next worst team in the AL. So they were the worst, and it wasn't even close. So if I just have a healthy prediction this year, it would surprise me if they're not the worst offense in the league next year again.
0: Yeah, um, they're actually... What is so funny thing? Baseball prospectus, and I know that you don't love the... Pacota projections and I understand I hate that. They they're an interesting beast and and you have to take them with a grain one. of salt. We hate it. Okay, well <laughs> they've been wrong. And I I think here is the first time I'm truly seeing like wow, this is odd. They have the Detroit Tigers set to win 70 games on their simulator over the Royals with 67. No way in hell do the Tigers outrank the royals this year
1: well i'm i i would not put that past them but that's not because the royals are good or the tigers are good it'd be an interesting race to the bottom 70 wins <laughs> is ridiculous okay i mean what is this winning
0: percentage because last year i mean where were we at they they had 70s I probably mean, like a 450 ish because 82 no, is 500 but last year they won 47 game games one. and you're telling me with no changes to the no major changes to the roster they're going to gain
1: what twenty three wins? Yep, Pocota no. man, Pocota's great. Well, I, it's predicted you know what, every pres- has- presidential election in how long? Ten years, something like that.
0: It's actually done really well up until last year, but there's a reason for that, and I can explain that if we were to do a show about politics, but I'm not going to. <laughs> All right, respect, <laughs> because I've I've done a lot of deep study on that with our with our research group. But anyways, sure. um, so I am struggling this year. To really see, I, I think it's a fight to the top between Indians, White Sox, and Twins. And there's a reason I say this. I know the Indians don't look amazing this year. I know that. They are ranked by Piccota to come in second above the White Sox, but the White Sox have been aggressive in the yeah. offseason.
1: I think that's just because the White Sox don't have any history. You know? No,
0: no, they don't. And you know what? I will always give the Indians the benefit of the doubt because. Terry
1: Francona.
0: Terry Francona. He is probably one of the better managers in all of baseball and can do a lot with very little.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the Indians, honestly, the Indians themselves, I think their biggest thing is the outfield. Like, your infield, I actually learned this. Do you know every single infielder is a switch hitter for them?
0: I even forgot. You know what? I saw a video a while ago about Francisco Lindor. Okay, top five player in the league. One of my favorites. Really? You'd put him
1: top five.
0: This is more in terms of... There's two ways to look at a player. One is liking them as a person, and sure. one is who would you draft on your fantasy team. I'm sure. talking about as a person. He's low-key right? like, both,
1: though, honestly.
0: Right, right. Like, Brock Holt's not going to be my first preference on a fantasy team, but he probably is one of my top two favorites in the league. Sure. Of sure, people, sure. right? Yeah, no, I got you. Um, So that being said, though, he there was a video of him over with cricketers in England at, at their… Uh...
1: Lindor. Oh. Yeah, Lindor. At the pitch.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll 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 put it in the show notes. I'll put a think link to the the video. Sure. But he was talking about being a switch hitter and he talks about batting for him, and he was trying to hit, you know, cricket, you know, protect the wickets or whatever the hell they do. And uh No, it was interesting. See, yeah, I forgot they're all switch hitters.
1: Yep, all four of them. So like you and so you it's uh it's Kipnis, Jose, what's the third baseman's name? Shit. Ramirez, Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, first main is Carlos Santana. Like that's a
0: pretty solid and infield. Herna- and
1: then Hernandez at second. Is it Hernandez? I thought it was Kipnis. Um hmm. Kipnis I think he got I think he got hurt. Never mind. Yeah. So solid, solid infield. Then you go to the outfield and it's just a steep drop off. Like Oh, who has any idea, right? You had Jake Bowers, which his highlight of the season, he actually hit for the cycle. Well, that's pretty cool. But other than that day, he pretty much didn't do anything. Luplo freaking trashed lefties. So he could he could do like a platoon out there. And so he's fine on the corners. Uh Domingo Santana, he's the defensive liability, but they both have, you know, a pretty good amount of power out in the corners. And then but the rest of it, you're talking about Bowers, Greg Allen, Delino DeShields, who's a new pickup this season, who's a really good defensive center fielder, but is kind of a weak bat. Bradley Zimmer and Tyler Naquin. If I'm gonna put out like a a sleeper to make this, uh to make like a pretty good outfield rotation, Tyler Naquin. I didn't watch a ton of Indians games, but the ones that I did, I liked Tyler Naquin a lot. I felt like I liked his approach at the plate. I liked that he had a good like at least when I was watching him, I didn't obviously take so much effort into the whole season. But when I watched him, he looked like he had a pretty good command of the strike zone and was able to identify and, and do real well. So if I'm going to give someone like a shot to make the Indians outfield rotation, it's Tyler Naquin on top of Fran Mill Reyes. His A-Bs are probably going to come from being a DH, though, in all reality. You know what
0: sucks for them is they're going to really depend on the top three of their rotation. I mean, you've sure. got Mike Clevenger. Who Except is certainly yeah. injured? Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then Cookie Carrasco, who <laughs> literally hurt. just recovered from was it leukemia? Yeah, so just got out of. I mean, so he's going to need a little bit of time to get back in. He'll probably he's go hurt. slow.
1: Is he hurt too? He's a or ri- lig- wrist ligament something?
0: Right. So they're going to depend all of their their ace position to Shane Bieber, Who's who is good.
1: Guy. No, no, Shane Bieber is the guy. He is. It's I mean, not he's got even what? close. A career
0: one point one five whip, a career three point seven two ERA. Just look at last, last season though. was under those. Last year those.
1: was his come out. Last year was his coming out. He, so he last has, year he got Cy si Young. Was boat. one
0: point oh five. His ERA was three point two eight. He did yeah. thirty four games with thirty three games saved. Had fifteen to eight, you know, wins to losses.
1: Yeah, that's a GSs. But he also pitched three complete games. Well, thirty four games, games
0: with thirty three games started.
1: Yeah, but he pitched a couple complete games, and so he's super uber efficient. Um, not a super big, like, strikeout guy, but he's their guy. But I mean, and Kluber's still on that staff. Corey Kluber. Right.
0: I mean, when you've got a guy who can go 214 in each pitch, I mean, this is a mileage no, guy. No way.
1: Kluber's on, in Texas.
0: Mm hmm. Yep. Oh, Kluber's who even gone. is
1: that rotation now.
0: So Clevenger, Bieber, Carrasco, Plisac, uh, Savale, Plutko, yeah. Allen, and Rodriguez. Okay. Can we just talk about why they have eight people listed as starting pitchers? To some degree. You know what I mean? Like
1: it's because it's because Clevy's out, Carrasco's out. Honestly, Pleasic's solid. He pitched a lot of the last half of the season. Um, Sivale's good, but like he's probably like a he probably tops out like as a three starter. And then I would
0: say you're underrating Plisic, to be honest. I mean twenty-one game start, one point two three whip, three point eight one ERA.
1: No, I, I He's fine. He's just young. I, I don't know what he looks like over the course of an entire season. There's not a lot of mileage there. Yeah. I mean, 115 innings pitched. You can that's that's a pretty good sample size. No, I, but it's a year. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like Kyle Freeland did that in Colorado, and he was like a Cy Young, and the next season he blew up. So you just you just don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a Degrom. It's not like a guy where you're you know, consistent. Like he's going to show up and he's going to have a good season. But so they signed
0: I, a real clubhouse guy in and Sandy Leone, do you think he gets much time as a starter or do you think he's just somebody's designated catcher?
1: No. Uh he's no no. He's uh he's just gonna take off time. Roberto Perez is great. He's a gold glove last year, um, and had some really, really nice pop to his bat. So I it would surprise me if Sandy Leone got consistent catching time, but we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, think last year last year he hit below the Mendoza line, so he did get didn't he get D F A'd at the end?
1: Probably. I think. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he did. Yeah. So so it really comes down. So the Indians are like a number three, I think, in the division. I, it would it would be kind of one, two, and three, I think, are pretty fluid because the White Sox, as aggressive as they've been in the offseason and as like pushing forward or like real signing and sign extending young guys and all that kind of stuff, there there's just no history there. You know what I'm saying? Like even last year, they had the AL batting champ, and how many games did they win last year? Sixty something?
0: oh yeah who were the white Sox? the white Sox. yeah they had oh let me remember i think it was 72 72 72, 72 games win. if i remember so, right you're, like, so like you're like a 447
1: 447 yeah so they're not terrible but they signed dallas keichel who i'll be honest didn't have a super good season with the braves right and but that could have been just for the fact that he sat out for so long
0: Yeah, he waited off on a big contract, and you can only simulate games to matter so much. But like, facing a true batter is facing a true batter. You can't simulate that.
1: No, for sure. They just signed. They just locked up Juan Moncada, who like he's that's not a super household name, but if you go look at his baseball savant page, dude mashes his barrel percentage is through the roof. Hard contact through the roof. So I think that's a real, real good sign. I mean, they signed. You think he'll start their third base then for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. is going to be the new catcher who's one of the better hitting uh catchers in the in the National League last year, but he's going to be in the AL this year. Um, and Carnacion had a down year with the Yankees, so who knows how he bounces back with the White Sox? No more Moraza is going to be on the outfield. They've
0: got um, Edwin Encarnacion for their designated hitter. Yeah, so good. He's good. Eh, he was good in Seattle. He hits with power, 244 average, but 875 OPS like Yeah.
1: No, for sure. But I guess it's just their biggest thing. This is why I'm going to put them as not winning the division. As much as I want them to because it would be a great story. So Tim Anderson last year had a uh, BAPIP of $399. That's so freaking high. It's unreal, dude. A Babbitt? Yeah, dude. Like, he just got – I mean, he's a, he's a he's been consistently getting better, but – That's ridiculously lucky. 399. He was two homers and three stolen bases from being a 2020 player. I'm aware his defense is like, eh. he had the most uh, errors in the AL last year with 26. So I just feel like I'm going to give them, they're going to win the division in 2021. That's my bet for the white Sox.
0: Yeah. Um, so so I'm seeing here I'm thinking here though, you've got Dallas Keiko, but would you still call Lucas Giolito their their ace? Hell yeah.
1: Did you see I, that I would guy? Think the same. I he he had up until he I think he got hurt at the end of last year, he missed. Well he had time. to. He only
0: did twenty nine games.
1: Yeah. But he uh
0: dude But in twenty nine like games, he got 176 innings pitched.
1: Yeah, dude was the Cy Young. He was gonna be. I I guarantee it. Oh, 1.06 wild.
0: whip, you know, so Actually, walks and hits per innings pitched. And then a 3.41 ERA. I mean, like, he had 228 strikeouts in only 29 yeah. games.
1: Dude's wild. And he has, like, this, his 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 release and, like, his, his pitching motion. He keeps the ball real close to his head, and it looks like the ball, like, he kind of, like, almost, like, shot puts the ball. It's wild. Go watch it sometimes. But you add that on top of Dylan Cease. You ever seen Dylan Cease pitch? Dude can hit 100 on the radar and has a freaking nasty ass 12-6 uh, curveball. It's nasty, bro.
0: How, what do you think about their closer? Um, I'm trying to remember Alex Colomb, I think was his oh, name.
1: Colomb Colomb. The
0: Colome. Yeah.
1: Um, I really thought they were going to trade him last year. Like he was good. I just I felt like. They should have, honestly. He yeah. saved 30 games. I'm No, I, I got you. But it was for the White Sox. You know, like it was – I felt like they could – They get a lot of save game,
0: opportunities. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I'm sure he saved everyone he got, but how often they were in situations like that, I'm not sure. I mean, I just felt like the return you could have gotten him from a playoff team last year could have been massive. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just me. Who knows? Okay, so the
0: team that I'm – I'm really excited for the White Sox, but I think I'm more excited for the Twins. Dude,
1: I was like that, and then and then I read – then I did some research, and now I'm not so sure. Come on. You've got Kepler, Rosario in the outfield,
0: and then – I mean like uh, Jorge Polanco, Josh Donaldson, Luis Arias, Sano at first, Nelson Cruz – you know, and then you've got like Jake O'Dorizzi, Kentamaeda, like like I'm listing names that like could be the all-star team to some degree.
1: Okay. Okay, hear me out. And this you is don't why think I'm- about that when you think about the twins. No. Well, for one, they have the yips and they can't win at Yankee Stadium, so good luck moving anywhere in the playoffs. Two, I just feel like I did some I did some research. I did some comparing. The twins' rotation, their biggest need, was, uh, was pitching. Right? They set the thing. They they led the league in doubles. They also led the league in home runs. Broke records of home runs with their new pitching staff. You you lost Michael Pineda. You lost. Oh shoot. Yeah, but you gained Robby Dobnik. I mean, what are you talking about? Is Robby Dobnik? I don't even know who that is. The Uber driver with the oh oh the with the handle mustache yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the oh, handlebar okay well hear me tell you you got your your staff got older had a higher ERA last year less starts less innings same amount of home runs less inning pitched more hits per nine more walks per nine the strikeout to walk ratio is terrible like you just got worse so your your biggest weakness got worse. So I don't I can't expect how you're like, all right, yeah, cool, we're gonna go into the season really, really happy and really excited for the season. I get that you signed Josh Donaldson, right? The bringer of rain. Like, I get it. But I just feel like he's not that big an upgrade over CJ Crohn. Personally, that's I just eh. so I used to be, I was like, all right, yeah, the twins could do it. And if the ball's less juiced, they don't got a shot, bro. Well, okay. Do you think also,
0: is on the on the restricted list, isn't he? Isn't he like, I think he got busted PDs. for substances. Yeah. yeah. I think so there's might. another there's another starting pitcher who did like 30 games for them last year. I think Gone. he's
1: not even on their team. I think they cut him.
0: Um, I mean, he's currently listed on 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 their depth as as being restricted, if I remember oh, right, okay, last yeah. time I checked. Restricted list. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's been a minute since I've checked. You know what I mean?
1: No, I just checked again. You're right. But he, he had a four, four, 401 ERA last year. Yeah. Pretty good whip, though. I'll give him that. That probably means he's homer happy. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, I bet the ahead. Indians
0: win it. That's my call. You think the Indians win it? Not the White Sox, not the Twins. The Indians. Oh, I'm going Twins. F, f- me. I'm going pro- Twins, White Sox, Indians.
1: White Sox, Twins, Indians. I thought about it.
0: I can agree with that. I honestly have the. I honestly have one of those teams definitely pegged for a wild card. Unless the Angels
1: pull something out of their back pocket. Do you want a parlay bet on who gets last place?
0: Oh, boy. Well, that was, remember our parlay bet on uh, who gets to 100 wins or 100 yeah. losses first? Either, Yankees either or the, the um, Yankees versus Orioles or the Tigers versus the Dodgers?
1: Yeah. yeah. I feel like we need to include an NL team. Probably Marlins instead of the Tigers. I don't think the Marlins even hit 100 losses last year. Did they? Nah, you're probably right. All right, we'll we'll keep it. We'll keep it. But yeah, that was our that's our little preview of the AL Central. I mean, I'll be honest, it's not a super good division. Last year during the season, I uh, I actually did this. I, can't, I me and me and Kip were arguing about who was the strongest division in baseball, and uh, I had to mathematically prove why I was right, and I did. <laughs>
0: You know, if you choose the formulas, you choose the outputs. I don't I don't know if I agree <laughs> with your math just yet.
1: I can show you the spreadsheet, it's fine. But the AL Central was consistently the worst division of baseball. I don't think that's gonna change anytime soon. I can it really all depends on like on how well the third it's, all, team it's all weight.
0: Yeah. It is literally just having the royals and yeah, the Tigers They just
1: just dragged down the whole time. You switch I'm, them
0: in any you switch them together to any other division, you do the same thing to that division. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. But well, like I feel. You.
0: His point was trying to say that the NL West is the best. It is. Which is funny considering it's had the exact same champion for like who knows how long.
1: That's like helium. It just drags you up. Oh hell. <laughs> I don't want how to How many hear teams it from you Red one, Sox it fan? had one plus 500
0: team all last season.
1: That's not true. Uh last season. Okay, no you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, but, I am right. But, <laughs> okay, sit but, down. <laughs> but before that think about it two three years ago they had they had the the Dodgers won the division and then two uh both wild cards the Rockies and the Dynamax were both wild cards bro we I can oh good lord we're talking about <laughs> okay. the divisions we don't talk about Anyways, so we're gonna move on so i'm i we've been looking
0: now into the the nL central NL know um Or NL East. Yeah, I was talking to someone earlier and I said West and that kind of threw me off all day too. So NL West currently has the World Series champion, which is the Nationals. But it's funny because I have looked at so many projections and none of them have the Nationals making the playoffs or like like deep into the playoffs. It's because they didn't really...
1: Okay, I feel like... It all just depends on how well they're starting three D, right? If they're starting three, is probably the, one of the best in baseball. So, I'll, in a playoff series, I'll give them that. But if they can make it to the playoffs, that's they're talking Scherzer,
0: Strasburg, and Corbin, right? Yeah, yeah. I think Corbin becomes their guy this year.
1: Over Mad Max, you're fucking crazy.
0: I'll tell you why. Strasburg is a little older in his career. Scherzer's getting somewhat there as well. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're not going to be the best pitchers on the team. But what I'm saying is, is you get to a certain point where the trainer starts whispering in the coach's ear that you need to be cautious with this player and you need to protect him himself because they're trying to empty the tank at the end of their career, and that leads to injury. So you've got to restrict their innings. And so then what happens is they dump all of that weight on a new fresh player, and that's Corbin.
1: It's not a terrible. It's not a terrible comparison, but okay.
0: It's true. It's true. Watch Watch Corbin pitch the most innings this year. Of all of those, he will have the most innings pitched. Guaranteed.
1: Freezing cold takes. I'm going to send this to you when it doesn't happen. Oh,
0: hell yeah, right. So, okay. So, they they didn't really make any big moves in the offseason. Let's see. Um, like, a new catcher in Castillo, a first base outfielder in Eric Thames and then who is i do like him he's got that huge beard
1: talk about he's a massive individual too right and then infielder
0: starlin castro and right hand pitcher will harris ooh i like um, will harris yeah, yeah he's a great rest. he's a great reliever um he's kind of your first from the bullpen when you know in your rotation wouldn't you say yeah for sure 0.93 uh whip with what, like a, a 1.5 ERA and 62 strikeouts last year? Like, decent yeah. guy. De- decent guy. Great, great, reliever. great reliever. Great yeah. reliever. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, after you get through the top three, you've got, is it Anibal Sanchez that they have there? Yeah. Who's just an the innings eater.
1: He's a gamer low-key, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so they've got good things going for them. Do you think Thames replaces Zimmerman at first base this year, or do you think Zimmerman holds his spot? Because he's like Mr.
1: Nationals, isn't he? Yeah. I'm not sure how much he actually played last year. Weren't they on like a kind of like a platoon last year at first base? I think they might have been. And was you Adam know what? Did he spend some eating?
0: injury time, I feel like? I mean, he's been playing since 05. Like, like I was saying, end of career, right? You've you've gotta restrict playing time to some degree here because I think I mean he had six home runs last year, only played fifty-two games. Like I mean, it's a pretty good amount, but yeah. Um, I I think Nationals, they a lot of rankings have them maybe second. I'm putting them third 100%. Yeah. No, I can feel that. And, and the reason I say that is everyone has the Atlanta Braves number third. And I think that's total. Sh- that's the total. Braves
1: crap. is number three. Ah, uh, they have the Mets winning it, huh?
0: Yeah, you ruined my punchline.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. i sorry. I was just thinking through what it. I apologize. <laughs>
0: Jerk um no you're good you're good so so braves are number two and i think they're the most likely to outdo their rankings they might even win the division i mean their starting rotation is where they do hurt to some degree right they don't really have to me a great rotation and and some people will get mad at me at that i know i'm gonna hear from braves fan because anytime i say something like this i hear from fans about it but outside of mike soroka I just don't see. I am excited yeah, to see Felix Hernandez. He's not. Gonna I am crack excited, the rotation, bro. He's he's not going to be phenomenal, but I think he, he's definitely their their number five guy.
1: I I would be surprised if he makes it. Number five guy. If he makes it, it's on name recognition alone because his last year in Seattle was trash. I love Felix Hernandez though in his prime. Yeah,
0: um, so. To me, Atlanta Braves, I don't even want to waste any time talking about their pitching. What I want to talk about is their batting because their batting is mean. Mm. The top of the rotation is mean. Acuna, I think, is the best batter in the NL East.
1: You're taking him over Pete Alonzo?
0: Oh, that's where it gets difficult, and I I have a comment on that. But I'm holding that off.
1: All right, yeah, okay.
0: Um, he's, he's he's top three batter in the NL East. And there's a reason, or top four, or top top two in the NL East, top four in the NL, top five in the NL, somewhere in there, okay? Okay. Um, I'm curious if they keep him in the leadoff spot. Leadoff is an interesting position. You know, it, it really depends on who you put here. I, I would wonder if you would switch Freeman to the front and put him as support behind or what you do there. But
1: Freeman's not fast enough. So I don't know if you've, if you heard this or not, he's been really public about wanting a, a 40, 40 season. Freeman is
0: no Acuna. Oh, I was like, really Freeman? (laughs) The guy literally, I don't know if you saw the video the other day of him mic'd up on ESPN, but he's sitting on first. There's two outs, which means, you know, you don't have to worry about tagging up if it's a fly and Ozzie Albies hits just kind of, Like a flare burner, I would call it into like left center field. You know, um, pretty shallow and and the the shortstop and the third base and the and the the left fielder are all coming in for it. And he's Freeman's hauling from first base. He's running around the base and he's screaming, "There's wind! There's wind! There's wind!" And sure enough, there was wind. You know, outfielders missed the ball because they didn't read it right. And he comes in. The guy was straight up breathing. Through the broadcast, I was ready for them to demic him. I mean, not really. It was so funny, and I loved having him on. But the whole—I mean, I swear—people next door, my next door neighbors, could probably hear it on the TV. Of, <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> he's yeah. So so him being a forty-four now, but he's he's a great. I think he's two things. He's a clubhouse guy, and he is a he's a talented batter. But no, I I'd be curious to see where they put him.
1: Um, It would surprise me if they moved Acuna out of the leadoff spot, just because he's he's like that. He's like their electric guy, you know. You don't think Ozzy Albie's could do leadoff? I just I feel like Schnitker has been like so like firm and like this is where you hit. Like Ozzy Albie's is the two. You know what I'm saying? That it just feels. It would surprise me if they change it this year. I'm not saying that they couldn't. It would just surprise me.
0: Yeah, I uh. I think that Freddie Freeman's definitely the best first baseman in the NL East and that is only to think that Ryan Zimmerman has been like constantly injured as of late. But that's just that is what it is. Um I'm curious now that Donaldson has gone to the Twins, which is one of the reasons I am excited about the Twins just to backtrack, but who's playing third base there, you know? You got Austin Riley who's got probably the best OPS of their three options. Johan Camargo is not the option I would go with in any case. And then Charlie Culberson has the most mileage over 2019, so he's got some experience on the field. Me, I'm going going with Austin Riley, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Do you think they need to go out and pick up a third baseman still, or do you think they can settle in here with one of these three?
1: So Austin Riley last year, um, I actually had him for part of the fantasy season. He strikes out a lot. But that's just because he's young, I think, and hasn't fully like grasped that yet. Um, Camargo, people love Camargo in Atlanta. I think, I bet he, I bet you platoon Camargo and Riley. What, for yeah. ticket sales? <laughs> Might be one of the funniest things you said today. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, no, Camargo's, he's a, okay, Camargo's a great defender, super high energy guy, and he can play a ton of positions like all over the infield and the outfield. And honestly, Riley can too. Riley played in um, the outfield and third base last year. So Colberson is so good at pinch hitting. It would surprise me if they, he's like, he's like this extra 13th spot on the roster is like made for Charlie Culberson. So it would surprise me if he plays a lot of third, I bet it's Austin Riley. Yeah, that's my bet.
0: It just makes sense. So one of the things I do love about the Braves, I think the shortstop second base combination between Albies and Swanson is one of the more dominant in the league, in the majors. And I the reason I say that is they're not the best players. I mean, Lindor's great. You've got Xander Bogart with anybody they put at second base. You've got several players who are good. But those two really work off of each other really well. They've been together for a good number of years. You know, you always see that um, Swanson always puts it just right into good play for Albies. You know, anytime that he's got to throw a lobby he throws it across the base so he can run across and then make the pivot. If he can hand it, he'll give it to him right where he can touch the base and just jump off the foot. I mean, there's a dynamic you can see between the two of them. They are probably the best at getting the double play in the
1: AL East for sure. NL East. Ow. But yes, NL East. in the yeah. AL East for sure. No, no, no. In the NL East. Hold on, hold on. I need to think through who's the Phillies don't. They have Didi now. That could be fine. Didi and Cesar Hernandez. I'm curious about that. Yeah, me too. Um, Do you think Swanson has
0: anything to prove this year? Do you think he's one of those players that really needs to like grow into something?
1: Yeah, at this point, I think his his defensive game has always been good. Um, I think he just needs to just get more consistent at the plate. I feel like he took some pretty good strides last year. I feel like he pushed, you know, pushed the boundaries a little bit, like was definitely more consistent, but it still just wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at his offensive numbers and nothing's like, "Oh man, that dude's elite." But it was significant progress from the year before. So I think if he can continue building that, then he could be like a legitimate all-star on that team.
0: Yeah. So I I want to hold off on talking too much about the Marlins cuz I'm actually I've got an episode, you know, we've, we've got our episodes kind of planned out over the next little bit, and I think in about three they
1: weeks... suck?
0: <laughs> well, we're going to come back to them in a bit because I think there's actually an interesting condition here. Um, They're a lot like the Royals. They... I mean, this team's only been around since 95. When was that last expansion? Yeah. Were they yeah. added with the Diamondbacks? Was that who they were added with, or...
1: Do you honestly... I can't, I
0: can't remember. It was that, Diamondbacks that last expansion. Or was it the Rockies? Anyways, doesn't matter. Um... Marlins only won 57 games last season. They're projected to win 70.3, but still lose the division at final this year. I I don't know that I trust that projection. I actually think that they'll do worse this year. I think they'll be down more in the 50s to 40s range. Really? Um, Yeah, if we're setting 57 as the over-under, I'm going under. If 70.3 is the over-under, I'm going to bet my mortgage, like the entire value of my house on the under. Um, I have two notes, though, that I'm curious about here is they picked up one, an interesting player we talked about last year, which was Corey Dickerson. If you remember, he was with the Padres and then the Giants. Is that the right order? Oh, yes. He sucked with the Padres. Got DFA'd and then rakes (laughs) hair And then they have my favorite, probably one of my favorite catchers, Cervelli, Cervelli, who is the best framing catcher In the league. I think you and I can agree on that. Yeah. Do you remember
1: that video? Did I send that to you? Yeah. We talked about that here before. Mm -hmm. Without having the ball.
0: He gets more ball thrown strikes called than about any pitch, any catcher.
1: Yeah. His now, his offensive numbers. I don't know if those offset enough.
0: Well, that's what the Mendoza lines for, right? The point at which your defensive contributions are no longer significant enough, you know? Can he hit above a two hundred batting average this year? That's the question,
1: dude. I don't even, I don't even know if that's two hundred. Might be too low. I bet it's more like. Two, well, in the day of the juice ball, yeah, two twenty five is if you're hitting under two twenty five, it surprised me if he keeps him around.
0: Do you think we should make the Mendoza line like two thirty? Like give him the opposite benefit of the doubt because Mendoza actually only hit two fifteen, but we call it two hundred for the Mendoza line. Uh, like I we can't even f- give that guy
1: think, that last fifteen. I think he finished at two hundred.
0: I think it's 215 but we'll we'll double check that. Anyways, oh, yeah. um so so those are interesting acquisitions, but I'm actually going to hold off on more about the Marlins. I, I just don't think there's any interest there in anything really to measure. We know they're not going to do well. Um you know, now, I'm sorry to now Hall of
1: Famer Derek Jeter, but it's it's just it's not going to happen. Hey, they have like a top 6 farm system. Who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're playing, maybe this maybe it's the long con. What good is a farm system that's being left unused? That's not right? true. They're adding okay.
0: to it. Well, let me ask you this. Because I was wondering this with the Royals. Now I'm wondering this with them. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay. Before the Astros right were now. cheaters, the Astros were cheaters. Do you know what I'm thinking?
1: I don't. Please. A lot of people Time who about are
0: very deep. Yeah. Who are very deeply followed baseball. I have a lot of people who have hated the Astros from before that. Who deeply hated them. A lot of them are Yankees fans. Uh, one of them I'm really close with. Um, and... It was the tanking. I mean they purposely tanked their their numbers in order to get good draft picks. Yeah. Right. They had are three you saying the Miami Marlins
1: losing. are tanking. I believe that there was a pattern put in place that shows you can have fans that can suffer through lots of losing if you then perform really well, and then they'll stick by you even when you're renounced as a cheater. So are they tanking or are <laughs> they following an example? I'm not sure. I I guess it's like the, this is the hardest thing for me in, in regards to tanking. And it's the same with any sport. You talk about basketball, you talk about football. The players are not trying to lose. It, it goes against anything that anyone's, you've ever been taught your whole life. And this is the 1919 Chicago Black Sox. Rough. They were getting paid to do that regardless. You're not trying to lose. So, And coaches aren't trying to lose. So what really makes you, if you're tanking, is roster construction. and Well, yeah, essentially it's just roster construction. How well you're doing it, right? If you're trading players, doing all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about the Marlins later because we have an entire episode based on simply their trades. It's ridiculous.
0: Not just their trades, but like how they came in hot and then have been literally the the worst luck team ever. Like I think they stepped on every crack on the sidewalk, broke every mirror they could break, and then like, I don't know, just are how living in a perpetual Friday the 13th, walking on their ladders. Like these guys just, every single time they trade, the that player that leaves becomes a perennial all-star somewhere else.
1: Well, anyway, shoe fits.
0: Um, I am actually really curious about the Phillies. I have them on my projection to be number four in this division, but I think I might disprove myself. Wow. So, and here's why I say that okay. you've got Didi Gregorius coming in at shortstop and adds to their batting rotation. Sure. Uh, um,
1: who mm-hmm. who's he replacing at short? He, he is replacing.
0: Uh, Segura. Yeah. Jason Segura. Um, you know what though? He's probably going to move to th- third base. I bet.
1: You think so? Yeah. Oh, I Cause think Franco's just... gone.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. Um, then you add Joe Girardi coming in as the skipper, which you don't have to love or hate him, but you have to know the guy knows baseball, right?
1: Yeah. But so did what's his name? I, If you're a
0: manager, you know baseball, but then there's managers who like, you're never going to say Joe Madden isn't one of the better managers, right? Or Mike Scotia or, right? Like these are funny enough. I just listed two, the two previous angels, you know, (laughs) managers or not two previous, but two angels, managers back to back. Yeah. Um, Harper settled into the team. He's there now. I'm actually, I, I was looking at their depth chart earlier and I noticed something interesting. Uh, Quinn is listed for both the left fielder and the center fielder at the Ooh. top of their their depth field. Yeah, exactly. Right? Roman Quinn. Quinn. Oh, Robert Quinn. Oh, yes. Roman, yes. Quinn. Roman R- Quinn. Roman Quinn. R- Roman Quinn. Yes, 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 yes. And you've got Hasley in center field and McCutcheon in left field who are listed kind of after him in their depth chart listing. And I don't know that, that depth chart listing is necessarily accurate, but here's my thoughts. Roman was had 109 at-bats with four home runs, a 213 batting average. So I'm just going to list the slash line, which goes batting average. Uh, on base. On slugging. base and then OB, on base plus slugging.
1: No, just slugging.
0: Uh, I have an OPS, so that's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> 213, 298, 668, right? We do our own things here. <laughs> this is my slash line. Okay. <laughs> then you take McCutcheon, who had 219 at-bats, double, with 10 home runs, with a 256 batting average, 378, and 834. Literally better on every account. And Hasley, who has a 220 at bats, five home runs, so didn't really hit as much in the home run department, but had two hundred and sixty-six home run, three twenty four on base percentage, and a seven twenty OPS. I don't think Romans either. I think McCutcheon and Hasley has to be their starting outfielders.
1: So Kutch still has a torn ACL. That's why he's not listed right there. He's coming back from that. He didn't play all of the second half okay. of last season. Is Hasley injured as well? Um, no. So Hasley and Roman Quinn bring up um, two different kinds of center fielders. Quinn is like a defensive. Quinn is like a defensive uh, center fielder. He very much. is um, super fast like super fast so he's a base dealer he um even has some he has some pop in you know, 109 at bats that's not crazy what's that per four home runs per 109 at bats it's like what hmm. i wonder where that stacks up against everyone. four else. home runs per 100 at bats i don't think that that's that terrible i'm not gonna lie to you oh i thought you just,
0: i thought you were trying to get a percentage for a second and i was like Well, Steven. (laughs) It's
1: four. It's four. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Sorry, I should have given you the benefit of the doubt
1: there. No, no, it's all good. I just... No, so Hasley, I think I like... I bet Hasley is their starting center fielder. Yeah? Yeah. He was kind of bouncing back and forth between uh, what you call... um, (sighs) He was bouncing back between AAA and... Triple A and uh the the ball the bigger ball club. I mean, in all reality, I think that the Phillies outfield is probably I'm not gonna say the weakest part of the thing. If you put McCutcheon back into the line, lineup once he gets back from his ACL, I bet Bryce Harper's better. I bet his <sighs> I just feel like there was a ton of pressure on on Harper to, to perform. It's Philadelphia. Those fans are freaking crazy, man. So I feel like he struggled to live up to those standards necessarily. So I bet he settles in. And he's kind of on that Rick Porcello. I think it's Rick Porcello. The off and on, off and on. Uh, years where he's good and he's bad—not bad, but he's good and then he's average and then he's good and then he's average. So I bet he has a better the year this year. In all reality, I think the biggest thing about the Phillies is it comes down to what their infield looks like. I think um, they were kind of like wrecked injury wise last year, but they were supposed to be like a, a contender. They're supposed to be the guys in that division At least they were supposed to be last year i guess i guess that's kind of up to your take if you think the phillies you had them third is that what you said no i have them fourth
0: and i the reason that is is you've got to remember that you've got the braves and the nationals in the same division it's just i i just i don't know I don't I think, think you can pay Bryce Harper like a ridiculous amount and not balance a good amount of the rest of your field and expect to be competitive in this
1: division. Well, see, that's what I was saying when I was trying to, when I was talking about Bryce Harper. Yeah, is yeah. I feel like he's going to have an up year this year. You know, last year it just goes back to the Phillies thing, right? It's, well, it's when Philly's I said that too.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like you've got to do better now that you've settled into the club. But Phillies yeah. fans
1: are brutal. The worst. Yeah. But who knows.
0: So this is what I'm most excited to talk about tonight is the Mets. Because they were a dark horse last year. Like were they though? Were they really? Yes, because because what happened is no one expected anything for them from them. They were not great for the first half of the season. And then they just went on a tear. And they made a they made a chase for October. They didn't make it, but they did really well. And so Here's what really frustrates me about the Pocota projections. Pocota projects them to win the division with only eighty-eight wins.
1: That just means does that, that not seem off to you? No, I think that just means that they think that division's just going to beat up on itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: and, and I look at like I look at last year. I do think part of that is because you know I, I'm more of an AL guy, as you know, and in the AL there's a little bit more of. You know, a spread across the win totals against the teams in the same divisions, you know, Yankees 103, Orioles 54, Twins 101, Tigers 47, Astros 107, unearned, Mark Mariners 68. (laughs) Asterisk. You know what I mean? Whereas you go to like the National League and the East and the Central aren't that way. The West is, but the East and the Central are very parodous, you know, 97 wins at the top, down to 81, and then a drop off for the Marlins. But then you look at the Central. There was a point last year in the Central where each team, the last team, was only four pl- games away from being the division champion.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what Pakoda projecting this division to be. You think it's going to be brutal this year? I like it. So brutal is probably not the word I would use.
0: I, I'm saying brutal on each other.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking for like sure.
0: like we want to see a little brutality, don't we? Like this is Bro, sports. Phillies Mets games; those are wild. <laughs> Oh, I'm stoked for it, and I'll tell you what. Here's another question: Does Alonzo make the run for MVP? No. Does Acuna have a stronghold? Or that's an automatic is, no. Does Mookie Betts coming to the Dodgers put a no. lot of contention up? You don't think Mookie Betts no. has? You think it's you think it's just
1: Pete Alonzo? No, it's freaking okay. <laughs> I am passionate about this specifically. Acuna has a shot. Not a good shot, a shot. You have to remember that in, this, in the NL, you also have Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, now Mookie Betts. Like, there's not a shot Pete Alonso gets the MVP. It's not even close. Not even close. So, okay,
0: you, you love a stat that, that I really love too called regression to the mean. <laughs> or it's well more it's, a, actually it's more it's of more an, an ideology but yeah. regre- regression of the mean well it's a statistical truth yeah no it's i think it's to the means the, to the, the mean? problem is it both but the mean because the mean your mean adjusts consistently and then there's the mean yeah you know what i mean yeah. players who perform above the mean of of all of mlb will regress to it at some point because mm-hmm. you've got to define like like what is the mean and that is like the total mean versus the mean of a specific measure and that's because yeah, mike generates. trout's average
1: is completely different than say carlos gomez
0: but everyone regresses to a certain mean and and goes from it depending right like yeah you have a bad day you're in for a good one
1: law of averages
0: yeah yeah absolutely um do you think yellick and, and peterson are so yellick left last season on injury remember that oh. i said peterson by accident but i meant to say bellinger
1: yeah Yelich, I think would be just fine. You have to understand, he hasn't had an off, really an off point in his career since the All Star break of twenty seventeen. I think.
0: Yeah, and his career hasn't been like really long to this point.
1: It's probably what four years, four or five, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that the MVP race will be. More contentious in the NL than the AL this year. Yeah, Mookie bets. Trout's just gonna win it.
1: I don't know how else to tell you.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other thing is you don't have Trout in the NL, right? Like, like Trout is the greatest player in history currently playing. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw. A tweet. And not to confuse that, not the currently the greatest player playing. He is the greatest player to play the game, and he is currently playing. Yes, you've already
1: ground him. Yeah. Yeah, why not? That's stats, baby. Wowza. <laughs> there's some there's some people he's chasing. There's some people he's chasing. And this is why I'll give you that. Because so Babe Ruth's the guy, right? Currently. But here here's here's my argument. And now this is painful because
0: I have a deep love for Babe Ruth. Okay. A very deep love. But you've got to remember Babe Ruth played in nineteen nineteen, you know? Like, who was Babe Ruth
1: playing? Dude, no, do not go there, bro. Do not go there because there was some ballers back then. Some ballers. And you have to understand Babe Ruth was ballers getting ballers relative what? to who who were oh, they playing? Bro, do not give me that. Do you under Bro, okay, this could be <laughs> this could be an entire episode all of itself, so I'm not going to go super into it, but let me tell you what. The fact that Babe Ruth was collecting war, pitching and hitting, dude, was lights out on the mound. Dude was wild in, and he could smoke like, bro. No, we're, we're coming back to this.
0: Are we talking like smoke camels or, or smoke the ball?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. To all of those questions. Well, well, well drunk in a drunken stupor. Yeah.
1: And freaking still crushing the baseball. Have just, freaking just for Mike, reference. Let's, let's have, let's have Mike Trout go out and party the entire night for and see how he shows up hungover. Cause Babe Ruth killed it.
0: Let me just put this this way though. I honestly think Mike Trout is better, and I'll tell you why. Babe Ruth didn't play teams that were worth billions of dollars, have full training staffs, have full, you know, health employment of, you know, trainers on the sidelines. These people are making millions of dollars. It's all they do full-time. These were above amateur players in most teams that had no money to pay, who were had professions in their real life outside of it. If you weren't a Yankee or a Red Sox being paid good money, you had to have other jobs, other things. It's practically like playing in the minor leagues at this point.
1: We can come back to it because, I, like I said, I don't want to – we still have to talk about now, the Mets pitching. That being said, <laughs> he hit
0: with less quality bats on much dumpier balls – and still is the second
1: greatest home run hitter of all time. Uh, by way of n- numbers? No, it's Hank Aaron. No, it's Babe Ruth. Hank Aaron. No, no. No, no, no. Barry Bonds. Hank, Hank Aaron, Aaron, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Yeah.
0: But that being said, uh um, we're coming back to
1: this episode. We're Mets. coming back to this yeah. in a future episode.
0: Okay. So, you've got a great rotation for the Mets too between DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman. They just picked up Watcha and then I actually think one that's underrated here, and I, I, di- I didn't like him last year, is Rick Porcello. And I know you know I was going to say this. It was not here. <laughs> I, there is something, science is about theories that hold up over time. And he has literally had a great year almost every even year. 2016, he won Cy Young. Yeah.
1: 2017,
0: he sucked. 2018, he was a big part of the Push to the World Series with the Red Sox.
1: 2019?
0: 2019, he smashed monitors walking back into the video replay room because he was so pissed because he knew he was pitching like absolute garbage.
1: Was he breaking monitors because he was pissed or was it because they had a live feed to the pitcher to the...
0: <laughs> Listen here. <laughs> when the commissioner's report comes out, I'm going to beat your face with it because they've done absolutely... Nothing. The oh, Red I'm Sox.
1: so glad this got recorded because that's going to bite you in the ass. Let me tell you what.
0: Okay, you know what? Let me put this here. Either they've done the worst shiz in baseball history, which is why this keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Or they've done nothing. And Rob Manfred and his high castle is waiting for some player to crumble and say something that may or may not have happened to make news. It's garbage. It needs to end. It's a witch hunt, and I think that it's a mismanagement of a commissioner who thinks the World Series trophy is nothing better than a piece of metal when it is the commissioner's trophy in his name, and he's going on some wild hunt through the Red Sox organization because they were doing the same thing every other team was doing. They were decoding signs in the video replay room by eyesight not some excel worksheet yes in 2017 they were relaying those signs when they saw them on the monitor forward to a trainer on an apple watch so he could call out to the team from the field but now they were illegally legally stealing signs per se did you where, say illegally legally <laughs> yes i did say that and here's what i'm saying it is legal to steal signs in baseball it is legal to relay those signs to the cat to the the batter with apple watches not with Apple Watches. Not with electronic means. They found out what the signs they're looking for are in the replay room, which is where an illegality happened. If you listen, everyone's talking crap on the Astros. Nobody's talking crap on the Red Sox. Why is nobody the talking crap on Because the report hasn't come out yet. No, it's because everybody's doing it, and no player wants to implicate themselves when they're all doing it because they all have replay rooms. They are literally getting onto second base, Looking for that sign, and then they're telling them, Hey, this is what's going on. It's just, it is exactly what's happening here. I, there is very little that gets me this frustrated. Oh. They better, Doesn't... they, they better have been doing something like, like they were switching out the balls and, They were using all special bats and they were, you know, they were the ones who actually invented code breaker in something. And they like sent a player to the Yankees, just a spy, like for the report to take this long, it better be that serious.
1: We'll see what happens. I think, I I think just in, in
0: in an effort
1: to, to tie this episode in a bow, if there's anything you designated sitters learned from today, the NL East is going to be real competitive. The ALS is going to be the seller dwellers of the American league. And Kilpack is still concerned about this commissioner's report. Okay.
0: Um, I do think though, on, on last notes on the Mets closing up, I do think that they shouldn't have given up Zach Wheeler.
1: Eh, we'll see what happens.
0: I'm curious if that actually helps Philly as much as you think. Um, I do think getting Porcello, I do have an argument for you here. I um, I think that he brings a lot because, one, I think Cole is better than DeGrom in New York, and it's the same reason I think Porcello is going to do well here. I think pitchers that come to the NL from the AL do better. Why? Statistically, the a- the a- AL is the more offensive league. It is better offensively. Now, the NL may make up for it in defense, But if you look at it, every game played in the AL has one more run on average, on both runs allowed and runs scored. On average, they're an offensive league, and part of that is the designated hitter. I think he brings some of that with him. I'm curious to see how that does. I think that the Mets really depend on Diaz recovering as a huge piece. If he can get back that fastball he had in 2018, that he just seemed to not be able to throw in 2019. I see the Mets being able to make a World Series run here. I I think the Dodgers have... Hear me out. Hear me out. I said a run. I didn't say they would make it nor win it. The Dodgers are obviously the heaviest contender. Um, The Braves could come up. I think they come up to the wild card, but they could make it to the World Series. I'm not sold on the Brewers. I'm not sold on the Cubs. I have a few things to say about the Reds, but we'll get into that. But... That's that's my take for this. I, I don't know. Any any last thoughts from you?
1: I think you're freaking sick in the head if you think the Mets are going to go to the World Series, but sure. <laughs> I that's didn't say they're regular. going to go to the World Series. I'm just saying
0: they could make a run. I think it I think really will still be a year will remember.
1: We'll just have to see. I mean, like I said... It's going to be a hard division to win. I think I think the Braves are going to be good. I think the Phillies are going to be out of I think with all of them, all three of them beating each other, it would be surprising to see if even one of them, if if a wild card team comes out of the end at least. Not surprisingly. Yeah. I
0: guess we'll see. More designated sitter every Tuesday
1: to the slick. call me a ruler, got respect the shooter. Make sure that everybody knows, take it to the slick. Here's one for your medulla, got respect the shooter. Make sure that everybody knows. Say, ay, say, say. You. you can find me looking up to the sky. Cross me, get clipped like a wire. It's do or die, I want the pie, say.
0: Just me if you, think you can try. Your team know I'm the guy with the
1: guy, heads in the sky, yeah, you can find me looking up to the sky, trust me and come like a wine, let's do a die. I want the pause, yeah, Just me, you think you can try, and team on the guy, with the guy, heads in the sky, passenger my drive good than most of y'all i would say i'm second to none ended, saying first of all i ain't here for play but when you try it's always curtain call i'ma let this bourbon sit so nothing's done on purpose y'all work these angles so this life could truly pay work your angles so and now you whisper stay dig my own lane someone's still up in my way